Somebody, a podcast where we listen to the stories of others. My name's Joey, and I am joined by Lavish Jules. How's it going, Jules? It's going pretty well. How are you doing, Joey? I'm doing pretty good. Um, before we get to your story and everything, do you want to tell us where you're from and what you do? Yeah. I am a burlesque performer, drag performer, and producer based in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and it's all right. <laughs> the Midwest <laughs> is its something. Yeah, it's definitely something. Um, but that must be like really fun to be able to do that. I've been uh, to a lot of drag shows. I've, I've, we've, me and my wife tried to go to several um, burlesque shows here in, in Indianapolis, but the club or the place is very small. So, and they're kind of secretive. So if, if we don't get there right on time, there's no room. Oh yeah. But, yeah. Uh, it must be really, yeah. It must be really exciting to be able to do that. It is exciting. I actually just celebrated my five year anniversary in October. Oh, wow. That, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, thanks. Yeah, that's that's really amazing, and I'm sure you get all different types of people in in Milwaukee coming to the shows. Oh yeah, actually, um, because like in the last two years, I started traveling uh, mostly throughout the Midwest, but also to the South a little bit, and I mm. wanted to do way more of that this year. But you know, yeah, <laughs> the world had different yeah. plans, <laughs> so <laughs> I um yeah I have, I've like no I wouldn't say that garnered a bunch of fans from there, but because I also um try to have a pretty what's the word I'm looking for here um like not free-flowing but like consistent online presence mm-hmm. you know Out, yeah, outside yeah, of yeah. just like Facebook because Facebook is a thing but I'm like Facebook I'm tired of you <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no. but yeah I definitely have people who are like oh yeah I saw your show in um in Chicago and I also saw that you were here and like you were over here so you're going all over the place so I was in Illinois and I came up to see this show with your troupe and I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So like hearing that kind of stuff is always really cool. Yeah. It must be uh, really gratifying to know that you have fans kind of all around. Yeah. It feels well, weird, that's great. but it feels good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it feels a little weird, but that, that, that's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to just go ahead and hop into your story? Um, well, I guess it depends on what kind of story you want me to tell. I feel like I have a lot. I, I say that, but I also think that I don't have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's perfectly fine. Yeah, go ahead and, and tell whatever you want to tell. Um, well, hmm. Mm, hmm. Now I'm like trying to like think my brain's like all over the place. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, do you do you want to talk about like what it was like to start up as, as a burlesque dancer? Or is there any specific show that you remember that really stands out in your mind? Um, well, yeah, I guess. I mean, starting out. I wanted to do it since I was like in high school because I saw the movie Moulin Rouge and I love that mm-hmm. movie and it's amazing. And it's not like a very, it's, I guess it's a particular kind of burlesque because it's more cabaret because lots of people are singing and there are lots of group routines mm-hmm. and things like that. And there's like one big standout kind of star. Yeah. And yeah, that's very different from like, I guess, general burlesque that people will see on a stage because yeah. I don't know. Like that was def- definitely like a mashup of things, but I also really like that aspect of it. What people, okay, I guess this is the main story that I want to tell is that people always have this assumption of what burlesque is and the same thing with drag um, mm-hmm. doing like wanting to do both since I was young. Cause I saw them both around the same time. Like I started watching uh, RuPaul's drag race when I was, uh, how old was I? I was like 17 in like 2009. Yeah. Like 17, 18. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is so cool. But back then, like, it's evolved since then, but it's, it was so different. 
and yeah, yeah, and yeah. maybe it's because it's like televised. As as you, who's someone who's like been to drag shows, knows that mm-hmm. it's like even just seeing it is different from how it is produced for TV. Right, right. Yeah, no. When I was um, when I was introduced to drag shows, it was when uh, I first started dating my wife, and she was mm-hmm. she started watching RuPaul's Drag Race as well, or she had already been watching it, and I mm-hmm. sat down and watched it with her. And it, it was it was very um, I loved it. It was very interesting and very um, it was very produced, like you said. And mm-hmm. then we went to our first uh, a friend of ours is a is a drag queen, and nice. we went to our I she took me to my first drag show, mm-hmm. and it was uh, it was two totally different things. Yeah, like mm-hmm. you said. Uh, sitting there and watching it on my couch to being there was just a whole different atmosphere yeah definitely and like how was your like feelings about watching it versus like seeing it i feel like it sounds like you had no apprehension of going to see a show no 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 of course not no we went um when i when i sat down to watch it i didn't i didn't have any um not that i didn't have any interest it was just nothing that something that i was never introduced to Mm -hmm. um living in indiana so when we sat down and watched it I, i got really invested in it and kind of start following the, the drag queens around um, on social media and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, but I, but watching it there, it was, uh, I felt like it was a lot more like drama and like, um, like, will they, won't they kind of stuff and all that. And then uh, when we went to our first show, uh, we went and we sat down and we got drinks and we, the show started and it was just a whole different atmosphere. Like it was just mm-hmm. very high energy and everybody was very positive and everybody was very nice. And that, that, um, kind of give me a different feeling from from the two not not bad or good on either end it was just it was just a different atmosphere which is a whole different experience oh yeah definitely and that's something that i've like i've experienced and lots of my friends have experienced coming up through the scene especially in milwaukee because mm-hmm. i feel like we have lots of great talent and they're usually just like overlooked unless they're doing all these ridiculous stunts but then they're compared to drag queen queens like whoever gets on drag queen or drag race i'm just like mm-hmm. Don't do that, y'all. Because, like, as much as I think I would want to be on that show, it's like, I really, I just want to perform. I don't want to do yeah. all this drama with all these other people and whatever and, like, be competitive because I'm not a competitive person. So Yeah, you just want to get up there and enjoy it. You just want to be out there and, and be a, be on the stage or be in, in in the spotlight for that moment. You're not there to, to cause any issues or any problems. You just want to have fun. Yeah, definitely. Like, And it's also more about enjoying things with my friends and not trying to like put someone down or be shady or anything like that like right you're trying to be positive and bring everybody up rather than drag anybody down yeah yeah most definitely and that's the thing like people yeah assume that drag is one thing and assume burlesque is one thing like they assume that burlesque is either stripping or that it's Mm -hmm. uh burlesque by like that movie by christina aguilar and Cher, which is an Mm -hmm. oh which is a pretty okay movie but it's definitely not burlesque it's closer to moulin rouge but even then, like there's there's like a little bit of um, stripping and way more like dancing in Moulin Rouge. And like, yeah, there's way more just like singing and just like group dances and drama in the movie Burlesque. And it's OK, but that's also mm-hmm. not Burlesque. I really wish I would have named it something else, but Cabaret was already taken, I guess. But it's yeah. like they could have came up with something else. But I guess. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So what is uh, what is it like like having people like recognize you as a, a burlesque dancer? Like, is it have you had uh, mostly positive like people are very accepting of it, or have you had to have some issues of having to talk to people about it being not something that should be looked down upon? Yeah, definitely. I have had those instances where people assume that it's they equate it with stripping, 
and they assume it's the same thing. And there are aspects of both of those things that cross over, but mm-hmm. I definitely wouldn't say that one is better than the other. They're both very different, but they're also right. both, they both take a lot of athleticism, which right. shouldn't be looked down upon. Cause I'm also a pole artist and I wanted to, I've been to like a couple of pole shows and I know friends who do competitions and one of my favorite, it's, it's essentially a festival now, but it's um like an all black burlesque review. And mm-hmm. last year, yeah, last year they put uh, a pole performer on and she was amazing. And I was just like, yes, oh my God, I love it so much. And that's like putting, it's, it's putting more and more of that into the burlesque scene. So it's becoming more inclusive of pole artists, which I love. Because I'm also a pole artist, and I've been doing it for about two and a half years. And I wouldn't say I'm proficient, but I did want to have a whole pole show with, like, burlesque in between and putting them together. Because it's really such a fun thing, and I love it. It's really, really fun and entertaining. And also, it takes a lot of strength and athleticism to do it. It's not nearly as easy as people think it is. And mm-hmm. lots of people think that burlesque is super easy. Like, oh, I can just pick a song and wear something sexy and just take my clothes off. I'm like, yeah, you think that, but it's really not. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it, it seems like there's a lot of athleticism to it and a lot of uh, uh, a lot of physical there's a very physical aspect to it yeah definitely like people get oh my goodness like lots of in- injuries doing burlesque and mm-hmm. definitely like pole performing and it's uh it, it calls for a lot of like coordination not just when it comes to dancing but with your outfit and adjusting whatever choreography you have or just moves you want to do because not everyone choreographs their routine uh, to fit whatever stage you're on. Because thinking about that, like I've had shows where I wanted to do, like there's a new show that I want to do. And I'm like, oh, I have this new act I want to put on. But then we change stages and I'm like, well, now, because I know the audience might not be able to see me or something, especially the people like two rows back after two rows, they won't be able to see me. So let me just change my entire act. Oh, okay. That's so, interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you when you messaged me, you mentioned that you you're trying to start doing burlesque online. What what is that like? Oh, it's really interesting. It's uh, I, I wouldn't say it's a headache, but it's definitely a new experience because mm-hmm. it's it wasn't something that I wanted to do before. Like I, I thought about it, but I was like, ah, uh, doing burlesque online for me as a solo person, or even as well, no, really just as a solo person. I was like, I need a bigger audience. So I wasn't something I was going to like thrust myself into. Cause I don't, I don't even have a uh, 10,000 followers on Instagram. And when you have that right. many, then it's like your reach is really huge and you're always going to get promoted by Instagram, you know, but right. that's a rare thing for burlesque performers because Instagram doesn't like, essentially they don't like women, especially women of color. And they don't want women showing off our bodies. And it's like, right. well, uh, well, what, what, what are the models going to do? You know? Like, what are these people, what, what are actors going to do if they're doing any sort of scene about themselves, about women, you know? So it's like, it's really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it's really yeah, frustrating. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's um, it's an interesting thing. I, I've done, I want to say, like, three or four shows. I was a part of, well, I know this troupe in Minneapolis, uh, the Midnight Minxes, and they, they do all nerd-lesque, geeky performances, like, based off... Um, like video games, comic books, cartoons, anime, all that geeky kind of stuff, which I love. Yeah, yeah, that and sounds great. That sounds like 
that I'd be very interested in. Yeah, it's great. I should invite you to one of the shows next time they have one. I don't know when it's going to be, but they usually end up coinciding with um, conventions. So, okay, yeah. yeah, so like yeah. throughout this whole thing, they've had four uh, shows that coincide with conventions and they call the whole thing HomeCon. So they'll mm-hmm. do events on Facebook and mainly on Discord because Facebook likes, likes to shut events down and they like cap your events at 50 people now, which mm-hmm. is really dumb. Like, well, it's like you can only invite 50 people per person to a show and it's like oh not that that's it yeah it is a headache and it's not that that's incredibly hard to do but it's like uh (laughs) so yeah so yeah no no no, i definitely understand so um what is like what have you been getting really good feedback as as doing it online or i know you mentioned that it's really hard because you don't have like a mass following or anything but like what are you doing to help promote it um well I definitely promote on Instagram and Facebook and I guess a little bit on YouTube when I can, but YouTube makes it harder. Yeah. Uh, Cause yeah. they also do like a lot of censoring and similar to Instagram. If you don't have like at least was like a thousand to 2000 or a thousand followers, I think to like 10,000 views, then they don't let you have a community tab where you just post um, like posts without it having to be a whole video and you can't get story posts to like spread out to people and it's like ugh, this is frustrating (laughs) and (laughs) and lots of platforms yeah like facebook and instagram don't let you promote nearly enough only fans and i have one but i don't really like post like not safe for work stuff there really i really just like do Mm -hmm. it to post pictures of my feet right (laughs) like just for fun and even that is not super fun because there's not a lot of engagement there's not a lot of um like community building or communication because it's a very very closed off network and i still feel like i don't know how to right right yeah and Um, yeah so it's so it can be a little difficult to promote i do try to promote on discord and like tell my friends and things like that because homicon is generally all hosted on discord like we do panels we do like um like parties raves um do like video game tournaments together like we play among us and uh super smash brothers and all that kind of stuff so it'd be pretty fun yeah, that sounds really, really fun. It sounds yeah. uh, very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's great. I mean, it's it's great to see you out there and you're really trying to to push for these things, push for, for something that means a lot to you. And I can tell by the way you talk about it, you're very passionate about this. Oh, yeah. I definitely, I've like, like re-upped my energy on it because throughout most of this, I, because like, like so many of my shows got canceled, like not just traveling, but like, uh, competitions, even though I'm not a competitive person, like competitions to get me accolades before I decide to move out of the Midwest to like mm-hmm. put on my CV along with my like troop name. Those mm-hmm. things that I want to accomplish this year, essentially, well, one of them did happen, but like a lot of them didn't happen. Like I was going to be in a pageant and I was going to be doing all this traveling and all this stuff. And then none of that can happen. I'm just like, oh man. And like the shows that I was trying to produce, like didn't happen. And like those months come like came and went and I was just like, <laughs> so every time it was just like, my depression was just like punching me in the stomach. And I was like, mm-hmm. please stop. <laughs> and yeah. Cause as much as people can produce shows online, it's much easier for people who already have like a big name or a big following with ha- with lots of like, um, with lots of not just brand recognition, but like name recognition throughout the burlesque community. I'm still, even at five years, I'm still very much like a little fledgling. And mm-hmm. it's um, 
even those those uh like well-known performers and producers are like yeah maybe i'll produce like one or two shows and they have and like because now everything is online it's very oversaturated i'm not going to do it anymore because it ends up being that the pay isn't there not like any not in any bad way but it's because you can you're you end up competing with a bunch of other people all at the same time Mm. and that makes it hard like even like one of my last show my last two shows that i did uh the premiere of one was like the same day as like the, as like the same day that I was doing one that was fully live streamed. So I was like, mm. uh, <laughs> let me, let me run from this one. But it, there was no running, which made it kind of easy, but it was just like, well, I have to like log off and go to this other site where I have to be hosting a panel and right. interacting with like all these people. So it was kind of a weird well, thing. Yeah. That sounds, sounds really weird. It sounds, uh, kind of difficult it sounds like difficult kind of hard to manage yeah i was gonna make it work though uh, yeah, yeah 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 it was interesting yeah. it was it was a fun experience overall though like they were both really fun except mm-hmm. uh actually um i was trying to record one like i had a whole panel and i was trying to record it via anchor for my podcast about cosplay horror stories because anyone who's cosplayed almost anyone who's cosplayed especially if you're a woman probably has a horror story be it at a convention or not and I got a lot of good ones. And then That's really it, was, it was good. Yeah, the whole panel was really good. But then it didn't record anything. Oh. So I was very upset about that. Yeah, yeah that, that's kind of rough. Uh, technical, yeah. Dif- technical difficulties can be a, a nightmare when you get done and realize, well, that was all just a conversation. None of that was recorded. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, um, but that's great. Is there, before we move on to... Um, to your to the questions is there anything in particular you would like people to know about like burlesque or like um like what you do or anything that you would like everybody to to hear out well i do want everyone to know that while there's a classic definition of burlesque of it being a essentially like a theater mockery of the aristocracy which is the Mm -hmm. definition like webster definition of it that's still very true because most literally like 90 98 percent of people who do burlesque outside of um what's her name what is her name? how much oh dita vontis and like the people that she takes on to with her generally mm-hmm. like outside of those people uh no one is rich no one is like these super wealthy people like some of us yeah we can buy houses or you know like have some property that maybe we inherited or like have expensive costumes, but like those are things that we save for, that we work for. We had to take the time, effort, and money to rhinestone them ourselves. And right. yeah, like most of us end up working like two, if not three jobs along with performing. So burlesque is for everyone and it can be anything that you make it. So that's great. yeah. yeah. That's, that's really good to hear. Yeah, you it, yeah. I'm I'm sure it's not something that you're doing uh for financial gain. It's definitely a passion and it's definitely something yeah. that you're doing because you love it. Yeah, definitely. It's great that it makes me money sometimes. But besides that, it's like it's always something that I wanted to do, but I didn't know what the word was what the word was that I wanted to like to to like tell people like it's this thing, but it's like not this, but it is this, but it's not this. So <laughs> like right, trying yeah. to articulate that was always weird. So yeah, it really is kind of something I always wanted to do, just like telling a story on stage through dance without it just being interpretive dance without lyrics, you know? Mm-hmm. Like that's right. a not that that feels like snooty to me, but that always takes like lots of like, like training and like all this stuff. It's like, that's not something that's always accessible to everybody. 
but I feel like burlesque right. is and should be accessible to everyone, even with people who with disabilities, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it should be very inclusive and anybody who wants to do it should have the ability to get up on stage and, and, and perform for themselves. Yeah. Um, do you, uh, are you okay to, to head over to the asked and answered segment of this? Yeah, definitely. Okay, perfect. Um, I have three random questions for you. So okay. your first random question is, um, right, this one's uh, a little bit weird, mm-hmm. but what's your favorite dinosaur? Oh, Mm, mm, that's like I don't know if I have a favorite dinosaur. I used to actually. No, it might still be the same. I'm probably gonna say Brontosaurus. Mm-hmm. Probably because I like giraffes, and I feel like they're probably one of the closest relatives of giraffes besides like zebras. But right, and they're also um like cute vegetarians that are always on cute shirts. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's really great to hear. Yeah. Um, your second question, mm-hmm. if you could only use one word for the rest of your life, what would that word be? Oh, my God. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, like, like one word throughout, like, for everything? Yeah, you just have, you can only say one word. Uh, <sighs> That's really hard. <clears throat> Maybe I'll just say, like, yeah. But then I'd obviously have to like make facial expressions to right. like um, articulate what I mean by that. Yeah, because uh, yeah. it's really hard to do that without sentences. But I said that as someone who's like not in the last like month and a half, but I was uh, learning ASL for a little while, and okay. yeah, and like trying to articulate things with that and learning to use my facial expressions more, which I thought I was good at, but. No one ever gives me enough feedback about that, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, that's great. ASL is very interesting, and it's really cool that you, you're learning it. Yeah, it's hard, though. I got to pick it back up somehow. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, for your final question, if you had the world's attention for 30 seconds, what would you say? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these are tough questions. Um, They're kind of hard. <laughs> I feel like... Uh, I don't know. I'd probably say a similar thing about hmm, about how everything should be for everyone and there shouldn't be like uh, this system of class divide mm-hmm. in like one way or another, you know, and generally that people should genuine that genuinely people should genuinely live by the rule of treat others the way you actually want to be treated, not the way you think you should be treated in your ego, you know? Mm -hmm. I know. That's a great great message. Yeah. Just to be able to spread love and try to bring unity to people. Yeah. But also like be realistic about things because you know, when, like when you can't do something and you know why, or sometimes you don't know why it's easier to actually just say that to someone instead of being like, well, I'll let you know, but like, don't worry about it. Or like, something and just like mm. not actually say what it is right because even if someone gets upset by your truth then that's more on them that's a reflection right. of them than like what you are doing or what you were saying and yeah. that took a long time for me to try to realize and recognize that, those kinds of things right yeah no it is it is hard and even it it is hard to tell the truth even especially when it's a hard truth but it's it's more important because I, w- I would rather accept a hard truth than a uh, a, a lie yeah, definitely. I mean, just like 
So I say like burlesque and drag is for everybody, but not everybody can do burlesque or drag. Because right. uh, yeah. people will watch these shows or they'll watch the movie burlesque and they think, well, I can like be a sexy background dancer and stand on a chair and like dance. And it's like, do you have good balance? They're like, no. Well, can you stand in heels? Can you walk in heels? And they're like, well, no. It's like, well, you can either practice to get those things down to do that. Or, I mean, you just can't do the thing that you say that you think you can do it so easily. You know? Yeah, it's it, it's not a uh, uh, matter of just getting up and doing it. It takes practice and and effort and um, something I'm sure a lot of people don't want to don't think that it does. Yeah, lots of people don't want to put in the effort and time to do things and think that everything just comes naturally to them. And right, I have I kind of have an understanding of that because I was like, I'm a essentially a '90s baby. Um, I was born in '91, and like. Mm-hmm. Coming up through the 90s was like when we were kind of getting into that um, every kid deserves an award for like a simple achievement award just for participating, you know, and I'm like, and I, not that I didn't think that was fair, but I was like, this doesn't mean anything because I feel like I was right. forced to be here. And even though I was still here and did the things I was supposed to be doing, wasn't I supposed to be doing them? And wasn't I like, you know, just here because I had, yeah, it was, it was expected, you know? But then, like, the actual effort things that I did, like, feel accomplished for was, like, when people would underestimate me. Like, mm-hmm. throughout my, was it, like, in, like, elementary school, I was late mm-hmm. a bunch. But that's because <laughs> my older sister was always really late. And I would just wait on her because my mom's like, well, make sure you go to school together. And she would just take forever. And then I'd be late and I would get scolded. I'm like, ah. Oh. So then they're like, well, you're never going to get this award for being on time. And I was like, okay, well, I'll prove you wrong. And I did it, and I got that award, and it felt good, but also did not care very much. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Like, uh, yeah, it was the whole thing. And I'm just like, uh. And, like, academic, academic achievements feel okay at the same time because, like, I loved learning. But mm-hmm. it was, like, depending on the subject, I was like, I don't care that much about the subject. It's easier for people to learn from their peers, from each other, especially mm-hmm. now that I'm a YouTuber. I feel like it's easier for me to absorb that information from not so much someone that's, well, usually it is someone who's, like, around my age range. If I see mm-hmm. someone who's, like, really graying, but then, like, they sound, like, kind of condescending, I'm like, I don't know if I can really take in this information. Because, like, because right. tone is important, you know? Right, extremely. I don't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so, yeah. Extremely important. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming on and, and, and talking about burlesque. And hopefully some people take it and they uh, are informed by it and they change their view on it. Yeah. Um, do you want to plug all your social medias and where everybody can find you? Oh, yeah, definitely. But first, I have some questions for you, if that's oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I heard that you usually roll a die to ask mm-hmm. the questions at the end of the episode. Yep. But if you have so many questions, why do you roll a D6? I have – it's broken down into three categories. Oh. So I have 18 questions. Uh, the first six are easy Mm-hmm. The middle six are medium questions, and the last six are hard questions. Oh, that's why um, that was like increasing difficulty. <laughs> yeah, as as the questions go on, they're they're a little more uh, stringent, a little more hard. Um, um, yeah, the first couple are are really lighthearted, like like what's your favorite dinosaur. Mm-hmm. The second are a little more challenging. Um, yeah. yeah, there are a couple in there, and then the last ones are a little more uh, more character based, on like kind of helps reflect who you are as a person. Okay, well, cool. Um, and I guess along with that, who is your, or like, what's your like go-to D and D kind of character? 
Oh, my go-to D&D character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to play... Uh, I play Dungeons & Dragons every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I play... I like to play a any type of magic wielder mm-hmm. because I like... Um, because if I'm playing a fantasy game, I want to be able to do something I can't do in real life. Mm-hmm. So I can't I can't use magic in real life. So I'd like to be some sort of magic magic wielder. Uh, the current character I am playing, his name is Newt. He mm. is a, a human wizard, and he talks like a cowboy. Um, <laughs> his his thing is that he he doesn't. Uh, he's kind of very off the cuff and doesn't really think about things, and he kind of lies a lot and. Mm himself in trouble he's more uh i play him as more of an arrogant person rather mm-hmm. than a um rather than somebody who's not very smart but mm-hmm. he's he likes to pretend like he knows things or he likes to jump to conclusions before there's things at the end but yeah any uh, any magic wielder um uh that's that's my kind of thing um in general uh do you do you play Dungeons and dragons i do yeah that's why i asked you that question i um oh, yeah. i usually play like I guess kind of close to like what I am, but because usually like whenever I try to play something that's very far from what I am, I I always get like gated by rules by the DM, even though I ask them beforehand, is this okay, character okay to play within these rules? And they're like, yeah, but then they try to nerf my character, and I'm like, why did you even let me pick this character? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I understand that. I, I try to, I try when we play, I'm. I tend to pick people who aren't very combat heavy. So I try to find solutions outside of combat Mm -hmm. and try to do a lot of different things. And um, my DM probably isn't very happy with the decisions I make sometimes because it can derail things. Uh, But yeah, I tried to, I try to find outside the box solutions uh, rather than just kill and fight and, and do all this. But yeah, yeah. I, I try to use my, spells to the to the maximum effort sometimes uh arguably outside the rules of what i can and can't do but oh. i like to to argue my my point when we do it oh yeah see and i don't think there's anything wrong with that because if you're like like for me i i like to play bards a lot as much as i like to think i'm musically inclined i'm not nearly as good as i want to be but my bard mm-hmm. can do so much more with their instrument than i could with right, my rusty, right. with my dusty instrument over there, but <laughs> like, like being able to argue for your character and being able to show your personality and your motivations through actually defending your actions, it's much more interesting than being like, "Well, I rolled my die and I hit him. I got 19 damage. Boom. That's it. That's yeah. done." You know, like that's that's yeah, kind of boring to me. Yeah. No. Like I, I, uh, like my character, for example, is a um, is participates in the illusion magic. Um, mm. he goes to the illusion school so whenever I, I i leveled up i chose illusion magic to be like the thing i focused on mm-hmm. and i in one of the situations i entered a room and for whatever reason i never thought to to use the light spell or to learn the light spell so mm. i was like well i know minor illusion mm. and i feel like i can make a a, cho- a torch to to light the way and they're like well technically because uh, it's a completely black room, I couldn't say anything. And they're like, well, technically, Minor Illusion can't cast any form of light. And I said, well, I get that, but how do you perceive it as a as an illusion if you can't see it? And that's kind of the stuff we get in arguments about. But yeah, um, but that's that's kind of how I'm a bit of a headache when we play. Yeah, I can see how like your character ends up being arrogant if like he went to school for this, but he's like constantly challenging the system and then doesn't learn right. like a base spell <laughs> to like. Yeah, yeah. That's his thing. He, everybody, anytime anybody asks him where he's from, he comes up with a new backstory and like he does this new thing. And uh, anytime, anytime it's, it's convenient, he mentions that he knows somebody or he knows this or he knows that, mm-hmm. even though it's never 
or come up in the past. It's he's he is my favorite character to play so far. Um, I I made him up whenever we were playing the last campaign we played. I DM'd mm-hmm. and I in the scenario they were in, they needed to run into like a bounty hunter type. And that's where I came up with this character. And then when we started a new campaign, I, I kind of uh, went back and kind of edited and tweaked some stuff. Cause he was my favorite character to play. Yeah. Um, nice. Especially talking in like an old cowboy all the time. Nice. Yeah. I've, I've done that a few times and that's pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. I like, it's funny that you said that your character or that you like to play characters that are like way more in fantasy base, but like, mm-hmm. A wizard who's a human man who's just arrogant and is really good at lying. That really just sounds like a person who just practices witchcraft, honestly. Because like, yeah. as, as me as a person who also practices witchcraft, I'm like, that really just sounds like a person. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it can be. It's, yeah. Uh, um, he's yeah, he's he's a blast to play. I yeah, it's I always try to choose like I said some form of magic based. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I have played rangers in the past, but nice. I just feel they're a bit dull. Um, but that's just me. What what what's your experience like with Dungeons and Dragons, uh, especially being uh, being a woman? It's I'm sure it's kind of hard to have people like take you seriously in the sense of wanting to play because I, I know how how toxic uh, like Dungeons and Dragons and like nerd communities can be. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Like majority, I've, I've played with men. Uh, mm-hmm. The most DM that I've ever like the most problems ever I've ever had with a DM has been a woman. Surprisingly, though. <laughs> Cause like, oh. cause I wanted to be a dark elf, and I asked her if like it was okay to have this kind of dark elf ranger in this community, and she's like, well, yeah, but you have to be a servant to this. I'm like, no. The point of his character is that he kind of defected because he doesn't want to go by anybody else's rules, so he's just living in the forest amongst the animals, doing his own thing. When he comes across the party and gets stuck in this puzzle maze of a town, and then we keep doing all this stuff, but she kept questioning like why, why like he isn't like a servant of Loth, and I'm like, he doesn't have to be. That's the point. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, that's, yeah, it was, that's great. Yeah, really great to hear. Yeah, like I really like playing tieflings and uh, I guess like demoness type of characters now that those are more widely ranged. Like a dragonborn mm-hmm. is usually too big, but a tiefling is just right. <laughs> yeah, 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 it is great. Yeah, um, what edition do you guys play? Do you guys play fifth edition? Yeah, we were playing fifth edition. Yeah, that's great. That's what that's what we play currently. Um, I played in high school. So yeah. When I played in high school, I played 3.5 and yep. then I kind of, all my friends moved away and then I kind of fell out of it a little bit. And then just recently, um, a couple of my friends got back together and we started playing online. And yeah. Yeah. I, I have like at least like two, two groups like run by mostly the same people who played together. And like before that, I like didn't have nearly enough time because before the whole shutdown, I was, pl- I was pl- uh, working three jobs, like performing, mm-hmm. producing, which included traveling and then uh, working my day job and also a night job. Mm-hmm. So like it's working a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't have nearly as much time, but yeah, I've been playing since high school and depending on the people, it can be really, really fun. Some people like to overly question things, you know, and I'm just like, I mm-hmm. want you like, I'm not the DM here, but like, cause I've never DM'd cause I don't like managing mm-hmm. people that way, but yeah, I need people to like suspend their disbelief unless you're the DM. You know, like, right. just put yourself into this world. Like, use your imagination. Like, that's the thing that I love about Dungeons & Dragons. Like, I got into it because I love uh, fantasy video games like Legend of Zelda and Elder Scrolls mm-hmm. and things like that, as, along with, like, cartoons and anime. So I'm like, yeah, I want to be able to, like, make a character and put them into this. So when people right. are trying to, like, put real-world things into this fantasy game, it gets a little ridiculous to me. 
Yeah, no, I, I like to, it is supposed to be an escape. It's supposed to be a place where I don't have to think about real world problems and I get to just be, uh, usually I don't pick human. I picked human specifically for the actual background of my character, but yeah, I, usually I pick like an elf or, um, or some form of halfling or something, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, it is, it is, it can be frustrating, but it depends. Cause we, when we play, we always joke about like things that are in real life. Like when I DM'd, uh, they came into a town called Miami and it was just like, the town was the, the party town. And this is where everybody came to party and it was just a concert party and everybody was always drunk and there was frat boys there and stuff like that. So I like to twist a little bit of uh, real world stuff in there because it's at the end of the day, we're just sitting down and having fun. Like we're not, it's not going to be heard by anybody else. Like we just like to, to yeah. joke around with stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that can be lots of fun. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah it, it can be. It's, it's, it just depends. It depends on who you're with. I don't like to, I don't like people who are very set by the rules. Um, I'm very lucky with the group of guys I play with. They are very, um, very loose, like very, like it's, it's kind of more um, uh, interpreted on mm-hmm. rules. And like sometimes we're like, yeah, this says this, but we're just going to ignore that because what you're trying to do is really cool. So mm-hmm. I'd rather that happen than it not. Um, yeah. 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 I much prefer that. I know like any, like any, I have a bunch of other friends too who, who aren't in these groups and they want to play, but all of them are newbies. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, not that I don't, I don't want to be the most experienced person there and trying to tell other 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 people what to do, but also like, also don't want to DM. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I just want to yeah. like go in and have fun instead of like making up all the stuff. Not that that's not fun because it is, but like I have I have other stuff that I'm trying to do that for already. You know. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. Right. So yeah. Oh, so yeah. So like overall, like I think my last question is just, uh, what made you want to start this podcast overall? Like what made you want to like get not just your voice, but other people's voices out there? Um, that's a very interesting question because I've only been doing it for a short period of time, but mm-hmm. if you would have asked me in the beginning, why do you want to do this? I want to, I would have said, uh, I don't know. It would have been, it's fun. It sounds fun. I get to talk to different people, but now that I've been doing it, even for the short period of time I've been doing it and I've got to hear different people's stories from around the world and like I get to talk to all different people like yourself like I don't I don't think I mean maybe there's a chance we live somewhat close to each other but uh I don't think we'd ever run into each other in real life now I feel it is more um I kind of do it more in the sense of I want people to feel important I want people to realize that like just because you're not you're not famous or you're not a, a professional of this specific thing doesn't mean that your voice isn't important and that you shouldn't be heard. Like everybody in this world has something extremely interesting to talk about, like everybody does. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why I, I started it as this, because like <clears throat> even myself, when I first started thinking about doing this podcast was, well, I'm just some straight white dude from Indiana. Like I got mm-hmm. nothing important to say. I, mm-hmm. I'm not like there's nobody's going to want to listen to me. So I, that's why I kind of based it on other people and like how I can get everybody to come in and listen to each other. And maybe just maybe I can change a couple people's mind and, and remind them that even though this is a very polarizing time and there's, and everybody seems to be kind of at each other's throats, we're all just people and we all have stories and we all have experiences mm-hmm. and it's all, it's very important for, for everybody to realize that. And, and, um, and yeah, and like even the, even the, 
down to like an episode topic uh, from person to person. There's some people who, who like to come on and, and talk about things they're going through. Like I had two of my friends who are going through diseases mm. and they came on and talked about it and like what their experience with it is. And, and I like, in those episodes, I hope people can listen to it. And if they're not going through that specific disease, if, but if they know somebody who is, it can help them understand it better. Or if they are going through it, they can feel like somebody out there understands them a little more. Um, or even <clears throat> episodes that, that don't, uh, particularly required aren't very serious like some lighthearted episodes I had a friend come on and talk about a crazy camping trip he he went on mm. and uh, I, I hope people can listen to that and and just take a moment and laugh and enjoy that uh, mm. it's just it's 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 kind of hard to to put a finger on like why why this is so amazing to myself but <clears throat> it's it's something that I'm I started as something fun to do and now I'm doing it because I truly love it like yeah. I truly love it these to people all over and getting to know people and and interacting and um i'm also doing a little bit for myself because mm-hmm. i'm not a very social person mm-hmm. uh, i i don't i i have a hard time and um uh I, I used to be and i still can kind of catch myself in the ways of being very much like um people suck and mm-hmm. people are great <laughs> yeah everybody is everybody's very selfish and all this and and now that i'm doing this i'm starting to open up more and and be more um uh, not that I wasn't accepting. I've always accepted everybody's lifestyle and everybody's that I'm very open-minded on that. It's just uh, people as a whole, I feel like people suck. And yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm catching myself trying to be better at that and trying to be more understanding and, um, and giving people more of a chance to, to not, to prove me wrong. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's going, it's going really well with that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. It's, well, that's it's all been... we have, all the time we have today, Joey. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no but that's great that's a really great answer honestly and like that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why i wanted to be on this because i listened to some of it and i was like oh yeah let me reply to this because yeah. i feel the same way like i definitely want people to listen to other people and think about other people's lives and you know think about how youtubers are like how are some of the first influencers you know like because they actually mm-hmm. put out content that's entertaining and then you relate right. to them as people you know as much as they show right. of themselves their real selves then it's like oh i relate to this person they're interesting i'm going to watch or listen to all the stuff that they do and it's just right. fun to do that to be able to have that interaction no matter how far mm-hmm. people are and I fi- i'm finding that with my podcast as well so yeah mm-hmm. it's freaking great yeah no it, it is great it is great to be able to 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 reach out and get to talk to all different types of people and hear all different types of stories and backgrounds and and just experience life for a moment in somebody else's shoes. And mm-hmm. I think if some if somebody can listen to that and kind of put themselves in that person's shoes for a moment, it might help them realize something about themselves or realize um, that that the world isn't as bad as it seems. Yeah, definitely. It definitely like changes your perspective on like not just other people's lives, but hopefully your own life as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, unless you have any other questions, thank you so much for, for coming on and talking. I had, I had a blast. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want to uh, yeah, plug but, all um... your stuff? Wait, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh. Can you hear me? My audio just changed for some reason. Hold on. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. Where people can find me is on YouTube at youtube.com slash lavishjewels. Search me on there. Looking Lavish Jewels on Instagram and Jules, J-U-L-E-S in Technicolor on Facebook. I have a Facebook page and on Patreon. 
I'm doing some cool stuff over there that you're not going to be able to see on YouTube or Instagram because of all the censorship, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's great. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that whenever the world opens up again, I'll be able to maybe come see one of your shows. Yeah. I mean, unless I'm performing in Indiana, because that, that could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if uh, if you're ever around, don't be afraid to to reach out to me. I'd, I'd love to come and see it. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll, I'll follow you on yeah. right, right now. Okay, perfect. Uh, if if anybody out there wants to be on this podcast and they feel like they have a story that they would love to share, you can reach out to me on Instagram at everybody is a somebody. Uh, I, I I would truly love to hear it. I hope to set up a, um, a a email and other forms of communication here soon. But until then, again, thank you, Jules, for coming on. It it was truly a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Hope everyone enjoyed. (laughs) Yeah, I'll see everybody later. Bye.